0: This is District Sentinel Radio, broadcasting out of the Sentinel Fort in Washington, D.C., a.k.a. Piss Town. I'm Sam Sachs. I'm Sam Knight. And for today's show, we have a special guest in studio with us, friend of the show, probably making, I don't know, you've probably been on the show between five and ten times, I'd say, Andrew Perez, political reporter at MapLite. Welcome back.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: So we brought you on to uh, tell us about one of the preeminent media entities in the liberal media sphere i'd say
2: preeminent is that would would you describe it as preeminent is it really preeminent
0: is it well i guess we'll get into how influ, influential it is and dominant it it is but share blue You've would, discovered something about Share Blue.
1: I would call them the eminent. Uh, <laughs> there we go. News That's outlet. better. <laughs> yes,
2: um, yes. So I only get my news from the uh, New York Times and Share Blue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you and most most good liberals, actually. Um yeah so I reported this story for Mediaite um and it published on Friday about Sheer Blue um you know obviously everyone's probably very familiar with them from the 2016 campaign um, they were probably you know the most pro Hillary news outlet there there is
0: maybe drop some uh, articles from 2016 people to jog people's yeah. memory here
1: Yeah, I mean, the kind of most famous one was was in its first iteration um, called Blue Nation Review, and that story was called um, In Africa They Call Her Sister Hillary. (laughs) Um, Some other ones... Did they
2: run that by a fact checker?
1: (laughs) Um, You know, I'm not so sure. Has anyone
2: ever, has anyone yet found anyone in Africa who calls her sister Hillary? It's been three years now.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we've had time for for any of those people to come forward. Um, There was also um, that Hillary is like reinventing the Matrix or is reenacting the Matrix. Um, And, you know, one of my other favorites, I mean, low-key favorite was called Clinton Taps the Power of Joy. (laughs) It was right near the end of the campaign. so Joy just got her
0: over the finish line.
2: <laughs> yeah, Joy... Pro- probably should have been campaigning more <laughs> in the Midwest, but...
0: So from the entity that brought you those hits, uh, they're, they haven't disappeared. They're around under a new name, and they're getting lots of money from dark sources.
1: Yeah, yeah. So the whole the whole outfit is was like conceived of by David Brock. You know, they bought an existing media outlet and decided to make it into like you know the pure Hillary Channel in 2016, um, mm. and that's that's kind of the whole way ShareBlue even came about. Um, and then you know we haven't heard much from them. They obviously have continued to publish, but um, we you know just recently um, I found a tax return which showed that. They received in 2017 uh, over a million and a half dollars from American Bridge 21st Century Foundation, which is another um, uh, David Brock organization. And in fact, he had he had been like its chair until 2015. Um, He was then its senior advisor in 2016, but he uh, for most of 2016. But he was uh, like a co or he founded this organization, which now is basically you know, giving money to his other news outlet to keep it afloat.
0: Yeah, and uh, I guess a million dollars in campaign terms doesn't sound like a lot when we normally think about dark money, but when you're running sort of just a blog, a million dollars can go a long way. Yeah, that sounds like a 10-person shaft. Yeah, yeah, unless you blow it all in like a Super Bowl ad or something like that. If the
1: District
2: Sentinel had a million dollars a year, we would be, uh... We, we would take Share Blue's place as the preeminent... <laughs> News source you would be tapping the power of sheer joy right we would, we would be breaking uh, stories like uh, in Cuba they call him comrade Bernie <laughs> and uh, Lennon would have supported Bernie and
0: other such hits like <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing this isn't something that I mean is is sheer blue open about where it receives its funding
1: Definitely not. Uh, I had never seen anything about this until until we asked them about it. Um, but you know, they actually did. They, they were fairly helpful. They answered some more questions for us, which is that like, uh, you know, Blue told us like, yes, American Bridge Twenty First Century Foundation was funding us during the twenty sixteen election, as you know, they just like routinely slammed Bernie, uh, <laughs> and just it, while while also you know trying to promote Clinton, and then. I I guess, like, in 2016, it then kind of rebranded into just, like, pro Clinton, anti-Trump. And since then, it's just been anti-Trump. I don't doubt their claims that
2: there is uh, editorial independence because they obviously are only hiring the dumbest fucking liberals possible. And they might not be telling them what to do, but they know who they're hiring. They know what they're getting. They're not just giving money to fucking sleuthy journalists. Yeah, they're giving money for uh, to, to people to crank out the hot, hot liberal takes.
1: Yeah, well, so we asked them. Yeah, like, does American Bridge, like, you know, control your like? How, how your story selection or like do they keep you from writing about anything and they said no that that we just it. hire the dumbest fucking people <laughs> on the planet so it's not an issue yeah they they didn't yeah they were just like look over here and pointed to their staff yeah uh yeah they they yeah they they said they don't um well that actually you know like what they found is that mo- people want you know people are just hungering for like you know just pro-democrat anti-trump content because you know you can't find that anywhere else uh, but, yeah, no, it's, it's true, though. You, you're So they've cultivated, like, the staff that's mostly from David Brock's other organizations. Mm. Like, they've pulled from Media Matters for, like, a whole bunch of people, for, like, Oliver Willis and Eric Bullard oh. See, that's
2: funny, because, I mean, I, I, I can't help but feel like Media Matters has been doing better work recently. And maybe that's just because they have more material to work with. But I, I, I'm thinking of a few number of people... <laughs> On Twitter, for example, who work for Media Matters, who are all right. And then you have those old people like Oliver Willis and Eric Boller. And maybe, at least with Share Blue, David Brock was able to divert the worst people from Media Matters. <laughs> I think a lot Share of Media Blue. Matters'
0: problem was when Obama was president. Yeah. And a lot of apologia that came from there. And Now that Democrats aren't really in power, except, I mean, they are in the last few months in the House. But it's been a little bit better, I suppose.
1: Yeah. Well, and yeah, I think it's, it's the difference. Focused. Like, their younger people are all, like, you know, they haven't been there forever. They weren't, like, right, recruited. Right. So there's
0: been this rise uh, in the alt-right yeah. that has been a lot of fodder for Media Matters, too, that uh, needs to be covered. Yeah. So, Share Blue has a relationship with Sirius XM Radio, their progressive network, which is headed... The director of programming there is Zerlina Maxwell, who... Uh. Is his former Clinton campaign staffer, uh, MSNBC contributor, and really hates Bernie Sanders. We saw during the State of the Union uh, response fiasco, she said that uh, black women across the country won't forget what Bernie did to Stacey Abrams that night. Anyway, she's the director of programming. Uh, we've got she also, David Brock. She
2: also gave a super spicy take recently where she said that Hillary's... Top line message was basically the same as AOCs and Bernie's about creating an economy that works for all. Yeah. Well, no th- one, what do you remember as Hillary's top line message, Andrew? America's already great.
1: In Africa, they call her Sister <laughs> Hillary. <laughs>
0: Anyways, I, I, David Brock wrote his piece about how Bernie better not taint the primary again in N- NBC, on NBC.com, their blog site or something. How influential are these entities and is it problematic not to be like, oh, the media is biased against Bernie, but there's pretty strong evidence that that's what's shaping up here?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's definitely going to be a kind of similar environment to 2016. Um, And I I mean, I think what you've kind of seen is even that like a lot of the kind of, uh, you know, liberal commentators and everyone is almost sort of like you know they they've they've professionalized like now <clears throat> yeah now now share blue you know powers this like radio hour for uh, the progress channel on Sirius XM um, and yeah so it's they've definitely kind of infested into different areas of media and have you know, yeah i mean it's definitely going to be an inhospitable environment i would think for sanders again
2: do you think at this point that share blue is so obviously tied to uh, the david brock wing of the democratic party that david brock is going to need to start another website (laughs) before 2020 to like hopefully to try to have some sort of influence on the campaign i mean unless i'm mistaken it it almost feels like share blue basically exists as a twitter joke or or am i too much in my own echo chamber here possibly
1: well you know so i i kind of question their 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 reach, I do. It doesn't look like it's you know the most. Well, they claim they get like
0: 140 million visitors a month or something like that. Yeah,
1: but you know, so they when so they visit our th- farm <laughs> in some. <laughs> (laughs) Could be so, you know, they they bought Blue Nation review at at first. And I mean, I I would assume that they kind of inherited like all of their Facebook followers and that kind of stuff. So it's like they kind of bought some type of following even, you know, sort of like buying an email list. You don't know if everyone's going to stick around or anything. But like they they did, you know, at least have some kind of built in audience. Um, But, you know, so the one thing that's been kind of interesting is it seems like they've... um, for a while, they were hiring these kind of like media matters flunkies and like just you know David Brock like clingerons, uh, but you know I just saw they hired the, this this uh, this this reporter Emily Singer who's like worked for like Mike and Mashable and all kinds of stuff. So it's like, and actually I went to school with her. But so they they've you know they've been it sounds like trying to branch out like bring in new blood to try to keep it from looking like just such like a hack shop.
0: Is there any? and I'm not sure how much focus you've spent on their coverage and looking at articles they're putting out on a day-to-day basis, but is there any dissonance in how they report on election money and dark groups funding conservative uh, initiatives while they themselves?
1: Um, I, I mean, I guess I'm not entirely sure. You know, I think like during the Kavanaugh debate, they definitely talked about a lot of the dark money coming in there and, um, so it's something they've definitely talked a little bit about but um yeah you know it's it's the there's there's just like a kind of general dissonance here in that like you know the site when you read it like they might say that they have editorial independence but they are almost exclusively like just attacking trump attacking republicans and writing like fluff pieces on democrats almost exclusively
0: yeah, it, we're supposed to believe that money doesn't affect editorial decisions whenever it's brought up. I guess we're supposed to believe now that that money doesn't uh, influence people's decisions on uh, foreign policy either. If so. you
2: look at the share blue vertical right now, um, and I think Sam was speaking to this problem earlier about how it's easy uh, to, to be a critical media organization when, when the opposition is power is is it it, Excuse me when the opposition is in power when when the guys you don't like are in power It's it's not so bad, and I think we're really we're really gonna see What this website is really about when when the uh, when the primary kicks off. I mean Ostensibly their coverage of Ilhan Omar doesn't look so bad It says GOP pretends to care about anti-semitism after campaigning on it That's better than the Democratic Party line, right? Yeah, that's better than Nancy Pelosi yeah, that's so actually th- that that's surprisingly uh refreshingly good from from Cher Blue at the, at this moment uh in time with with the disgusting dog pile that we've been seeing on uh, Ilhan Omar, not to get too sidetracked.
1: Yeah, I would say like what you'll see is like when there's just like stuff like that in the news, like it either doesn't get covered or yeah, like here's this is sort of a it's sort of the like whataboutism take, like even if it's, you know, it's right, it's like they're not going to uh, uh, They're not going to criticize her.
0: Blue Nation Review. That was headed up by uh, Peter Dow, wasn't it?
1: It was. It was headed up by Peter Dow, um, and he left after the twenty sixteen campaign. And wasn't
0: uh, it a bit acrimonious? I mean,
2: Uh, Peter's Dow split with with uh, Blue Nation Review.
0: Yeah, I I thought they didn't like each other. uh, Dow and uh, what's his face. That
2: that might. It seems like that. I mean. Dow has uh, somewhat tacked to the left on Twitter, which which leads one to believe that with that guy, it's a career move.
1: Yeah. Well, my my take on him is he just has a a, had a huge blind spot for Clinton, because like if you read his like his pre like pre 2016 campaign writing on like Huffington Post, it was pretty good. Like, he, he criticized Obama pretty frequently from the left, including, like, on foreign policy, like, you know, use of drones, like, overseas, that kind of stuff. And uh, it's not, you know, I, I think he just had a, a big soft spot for Mother, honestly. And and now he's, like, but everyone else, he, he, maybe he kind of, like, you know, shoots straight a bit. Well, this
2: does, the the share Blue piece does say, well... You know, it brings up how Kevin McCarthy called on Democrats to condemn Omar. And they're like, well, actually, they did. And uh, <laughs> it does get into that a little bit. And then they said that Congressman Omar apologized for her remarks uh, at this point, which I, I guess I hadn't uh, read that going into the interview. Um, but yeah, so uh, they, they do. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Share blue. The thing um, that annoys me the most about great. these David Brock zombies <laughs> is that one of their main attacks against Bernie Sanders is he's not even a Democrat and he's doing damage to the Democratic Party. When David Brock made his name and his living as an operative, set out to destroy the Democratic Party in the nineties.
1: Well, and to bring its tactics now to the to the left. Yeah, I guess yeah. he's
0: paid penance enough for it, but <clears throat> nobody did as much damage to I mean, if you look at the damage done to Democrats between Bernie Sanders and David Brock it's not even close yeah yeah although I'm hoping that Bernie Sanders completely destroys the Democratic well, Party with
1: his, <laughs> you know it's it, it's like like David Brock tried to tear down Anita Hill and like Bernie Sanders ran an ad being like I don't take Wall Street money and everyone like just kind of understood the implication there and that was like too hot that was too savage for for the 2016 Democratic Party
0: Andrew uh, Thanks for coming in. Where can people follow you and find your work?
1: Uh, You can follow me on Twitter, Andrew Perez DC. And uh, I work for MapLite. It's MapLite.org. And and it's a nonpartisan, nonprofit research organization that tracks money in politics. And this was a
2: piece, this recent piece you did was on Mediaite, right? With uh, Caleb Akarma shared the
1: byline with you. Yes. Yeah. Mediaite.com.
0: There it is. That'll do it for District Sentinel Radio. Thank you to our sponsor, the Congressional Dish Podcast, hosted by Jen Briney. Find it at congressionaldish.com. We're back tomorrow. We're here in D.C., so you don't have to be.